Good morning and welcome to another edition of Cross Faith Bible Ministries Bible Study. I hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to start a new chapter today in the Gospel of John. We'll be starting chapter 9 and today we'll be covering verses 1 through 12. And the title of today's lesson is Jesus Heals a Man Born Blind. <clears throat> Last week, if you remember, we learned and, and we studied that Jesus once again claimed to be the Son of God. And we also learned that this didn't really sit well with the religious leaders, if you remember, right? Because we ended last week's lesson with this verse. Jesus is speaking here, and Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Some of your Bibles might say I was. But at this, if you remember, what the religious leaders did, particularly the Pharisees, right? They picked up stones and they wanted to stone them. But the Bible told us that Jesus hid himself. In other words, he slipped away from the temple grounds, right? You see, they knew what Jesus was saying. And, and, and they were so frustrated and so angry that when Jesus spoke these words that gave them an opportunity right here to kill Jesus. So what they do, they pick up stones, right? They wanted to kill him. But they wanted to kill him without a trial, right? So in essence, they were breaking their own law, right? Because they, if, they were the ones actually that, that were blaspheming God, the same God that they serve, right? And what do I mean by that is they're cursing God, meaning calling Jesus a devil, saying that he's demon-possessed, right? Saying that he's a Samaritan, right? You see, they were mocking the very true God that they worship is what they were doing. And the scripture tells us that Jesus slipped away. Why did he slip away? Because it wasn't his time yet to die, right? So in this week's lesson, what we're going to see is one of the greatest miracles to ever take place. One of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever did. And he's going to heal this man that was born blind, proving once again, right, to the religious leaders that he really is the son of God, that he really is the Messiah, that that's the Messiah they've been waiting on. Now, this entire chapter is, is, is based all around this man that was born blind, that Jesus is going to heal. And here's what we need to understand, and this is what really we, we need to realize. If, if Jesus is able to give this blind man sight, right, then how much more can he do for us? How much more can, can we see things from God's perspective, right? And, and if we respond to that, if we respond to the illumination that God is showing us, right, through the Holy Spirit, right, by having the Holy Spirit in our life, by leading us, by guiding us, by directing us, by, by giving his illumination to us, right, this allows us to walk with God. It allows us to pursue God's will that he has planned for our life, amen? And, and we need to understand that there's no better place than to be in the will of God, amen? So with that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 1. And today, once again, we're covering verses 1 through 12. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, that this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. 
But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground. He made some mud with his saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and he washed and he came home seeing and his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some said that it was he. Others said, no, it only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. And he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. And he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed. And then I could see, Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. So let's go back up to verse 1. Verse 1 starts off saying this, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. So Jesus is walking by and he sees this blind man, right? This man that was born blind. Now, this is important for us for two main reasons. The first reason is this because of Bible prophecy, right? See, in the book of Isaiah, the prophecy, the prophet talks about a prophecy. He tells a prophecy that the Messiah will be able to heal the blind, right? But... What is very, very important about this is up to this point in time, right? I mean, people regain their sight, but up to this point in time, no one that who no one was ever, if they were born blind, they never was healed up until this point. So, so that's the two reasons, because of prophecy and because up to this point, no one born blind has ever been healed. But Jesus is going to do a miracle here. Jesus is going to heal this man that was born blind. Once again, showing the Pharisees and showing the crowds and showing us, he's revealing himself. He's saying that I was sent into this world, right, from my father to do what? To heal, to redeem, right? See, we need to see things from God's vantage point. And, and, and you might ask, well, what is God's vantage point, right? God's vantage point is that we can respond to him, right? We can respond to his truth. We can respond to his word. Because when you do all these things, right, then you're surrendering to, to, to Christ. You're, you're surrendering to God through his beloved son, the Holy Spirit, right? And when we start to do that, then God starts to move in our life, right? The illumination of the Lord starts, we, he reveals things to us. So it's very important that we, we see things from God's vantage point. It's very important that, that we seek him, right? Not only seek him, that, that we listen, that we obey, that we follow, because he wants to lead us. Verse 2, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? that this man or his parents, that he was born blind. So let's look at that first part of the text where his disciples ask him, right? So we see here that Jesus is going to 
teach them something here, right? He does a little teaching lesson and asks him a very important question. Now, they start off with this. They call him rabbi. Now, rabbi, we know, means teacher, right? But there's more to this word than meets the eye, so to speak, right? This term really doesn't mean teacher in this case right here, right? See, the New Testament is written in Greek, but the word is really a Hebrew word, right? Written into the Greek language. So, so whenever the title of Jesus, Yeshua, right, comes up, there's a great significance to that name. And what this passage is showing us here is that he is divine, that he is God in the flesh, right? In other words, that he is the great one. So this term rabbi here, right, it's a Hebrew word, and it means my great one. So in this passage, it's going to show us how Messiah acts. It's going to show us how he behaves. He performs in a way, you can say, that shows his greatness. Amen. Something that no one else can do but him. And one of the purposes of John, right, the Gospel of John, John tries to show us the uniqueness of Jesus, of Yeshua, throughout this gospel. You see, Jesus just isn't our spiritual leader, people, right? Jesus just isn't a miracle worker, we can say. And he's not just some prophet. He's not just some teacher, right? But he was the one sent into this world to heal humanity, to redeem humanity. So look what they say. They say, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now, notice what we encounter here, right? What we encounter here is really a false theology that the Jews believe. I mean, look, how can a man that was just born, he's born blind, right? I mean, how can this man sin in a way that would cause him to be born blind? Think about it. See, what's the problem with that statement that I just said here, right? The problem is this in Judaism, and, and really even today in some parts, that they believe in the teaching of reincarnation. And, and, and let me just tell you, reincarnation doesn't happen. It's not true. It's not in the Bible. It's not biblical, right? It's a false doctrine. In other words, they believe in reincarnation because it's a way to avoid judgment, right? So in the Bible, there is no such thing as reincarnation. But what we do find in the Bible is this. There's another important doctrine that is very true, and that's the doctrine of what? The resurrection, amen? But here in this text here, the disciples are following a traditional point of view of Judaism, that people are reincarnated. So in other words, their soul is recycled. That's what they think. So the answer they want to know is really this. Did this man do something in his previous life, right? Or did his parents do something in this life that he was born blind and that, that he's being punished for? And look what Jesus says in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him, right? So what's going to fix it to happen here, Jesus is saying is, Despite what's going on with this man, that he was born blind, right? You're about to see a miracle. You're about to see the mighty power of God at works. So, 
What we need to see is this, that when someone has a disability, right? When someone has a hardship in their life, and, and really we all have hardships, right? See, we need to be sensitive to the situation or to this person, right? Or even the person's family if they, if they have a disability. We need to try to do our best to help that person, to pray for that person, right? That, that, that they or, or their family or whoever is going to cope with the problem where God gives them the strength. But I also want to emphasize another important truth. And this passage biblically is going to emphasize this, right? And what is that, you might ask? That when there are hardships and difficulties, right? When we encounter something that we go through trials and tribulations, something that's very sad, right? Something that may be difficult for us in our life, right? We need to realize that, that God can use this, that God can manifest His glory through that difficulty, through that problem, right? You see, God wants to show His power. God wants to show His presence in our situations, particularly in this situation here. So, so the message that we need to understand is that we need not be disappointed, right, or upset, that we need to understand and trust God, that God will use that situation to bring glory to his name through our problems and through our troubles, amen? And this is what Jesus is saying here. So it was nothing that this man or his parents did, Jesus is saying, that this man was born blind. But Jesus is saying right here, but because of this situation, right, God's going to move. See, he will work through Jesus, his only begotten son, to heal this man. So Jesus is fixing to perform a miracle here. Verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. <clears throat> now he says, as long as it is day. This simply means as long as Jesus is here on earth, the work of the Father can be performed. The work of the Father can get done. So as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Let's focus in on that phrase, sent me. He's saying that he is God's son. He is the son of God. That's what he's saying here. It also means that he honored the one who sent him into this world. In other words, that he was acting out of obedience to his heavenly father. Because what his heavenly father told him to do, he did. Now, why did he do this? Be, to, give, to be an example to us, you can say, right? I mean, think about it. See, we need to realize that we're all under the authority of God. See, we need to put emphasis, right? Not on the time that we have in this world, so to speak. But we need to put emphasis upon eternity, right? What did Jesus say? Jesus says, right? That, that if you follow me, right, and you trust in me, right, and you believe in me, right, and you, and, and, and you acknowledge me in public, that I will acknowledge you from my Father in heaven, you will be in the kingdom. Jesus says, I want you to be in the kingdom, but I also want that kingdom reality to be here on earth. What do I mean by that, right? What I mean by that is when people look at you, who they see, what do they see? Do they know that you're a follower of Christ? Do they know that you live under the authority of our living God? Amen. So we need to put emphasis upon not this life, <clears throat> but we need to put emphasis on eternity. 
And we need to realize that this age that we live in, right? What we're living in now, it's only a preparation for us, right? Of what is to come later on. And when you're walking in the Spirit and you're living in the Spirit, right? Then that, that manifestation of the kingdom is that you live out that here in this world. And that's what Jesus wants for our life, right? See, I always mention that Jesus has a purpose and a plan for you. <clears throat> that purpose and plan is not for God to serve you. <laughs> we may think that, some of us, right? But it's for you to serve Him and, and, and do His will for His kingdom. <clears throat> because there's a gift and a talent that He has in you. Not for you. It's for Him to do his works in this world to glorify him so you can get more people to him and more people into the kingdom. Amen. Look what else he says. Let's go back to the scripture. Jesus says night is coming when no one can work. So what he's saying here is this. If you remember the text before, what he's saying is as long as I'm in this world, the works of the father can be accomplished, right? It can be done. But he's saying right here, Night is coming when no one can work. In other words, there's coming upon this world a time of darkness. That's what he's saying. Where the works of God will no longer be manifested. Verse 5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So this is another way of him speaking about himself as God. Remember the term I am, right? And he, here he says, I am the light of the world, meaning that he is God, right? But he also saying here that God is the light of the world. And it's only through Him that we can see things from a kingdom perspective. It's only through Him that we can see things correctly. That's what He's saying. See, here in this lesson, and really, really, if you look at the entire chapter, He's going to use this example of this man who was born blind, and He's going to heal him. And Jesus is going to show us who He really is, that He's God. But we're going to find out, even at the end of this chapter, right? You will see that there, there's going to be some people that still don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah, right? So this means that these people are still blind. They don't see things from God's perspective. You can say they don't see the light. Now, the question for us is this. Do you see the light? In other words, have you experienced the illumination of God? And we need to understand that there's, a, there's really a relationship between this word illumination and salvation, a salvation experience, amen? <clears throat> See, only those who have been saved, right? Only those who understand their sinful condition because we're all born sinners, right? We're all born in darkness. We live in darkness because of sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> See, you can say that sin... <clears throat> Puts us in spiritual darkness. That's what it does. And it's only a salvation experience through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? That allows us to encounter God's revelation, right? In other words, His illumination, His Word in this world. Think about it, right? And when we have that illumination of God, right? The light of God, the light of Jesus, Amen. We're going to be able to see things and respond according to his purposes, 
according to his will, according to his plans. Amen. But we got to invite him into our life, people. We need to follow him. We need to get into the word. We need to take that word and apply that word to our life daily. How do we do that? Through the Holy Spirit, by prayer, supplication, submission, right, to him. So in verse 6, this is what he says. After saying this, look what he does. He spits on the ground. And he made some mud with his saliva, the Bible tells us. And he put it on the man's eye. So right here, he's doing a miracle. <clears throat> Jesus is fixing to do a miracle here, right? Now, we know that many miracles Jesus performed. Many, right? And out those many miracles he performed, you know what Jesus did? He spoke it into existence. <clears throat> In other words, Jesus would speak. And some act of healing, some act of restoration would take place, right? Now, up until this point, that's what we know. That's what we study. That's what we learn. But right here, the scripture tells us, right, that he spits upon the ground. Now, why is that? Because if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 9, right, spitting is an act of curse. Now remember, where did Jesus spit? The Bible tells us here he spits on the ground. Now what and where are we made from? Well, according to the book of Genesis, we're made from the ground. We're made from dust. We're made from dirt. Genesis 2.7 says this, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So what is he trying to show us here, right? Jesus spits on the ground. Now, we are made from the ground. We are made of dirt, dust. That's what the Bible says in Genesis 2-7. So what is Jesus trying to show us, right? He's trying to show us how we have been cursed because of sin. Now, remember, what is sin, right? It's a violation of God's law, from the laws of God. And the Bible says this concerning the law of God, that there are blessings and there are curses. Amen. Now check this out. Those who sin and stay in sin will inherit a curse. And this is the salvation of all of humanity, right? Unless you come to faith in Jesus Christ. So we're all cursed because of sin, because we're born into sin. We're all born sinners. But what Jesus is saying here, what he's showing us, right, that there's a change that's about to take place, right? There's a change that's coming and that he and only him is the author of that change. So this is important because he could have healed this man in, in many ways, right, in, in a variety of ways. Think about it. But he didn't. Because... He's speaking about a state of humanity, right, right here. And he's trying to show us that we're all sinners because we are born sinners. Verse 7, look what Jesus says. Go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, this word means sent. So the man went and he washed and he came home seeing. Now, let's look at that first text. Go, he told him, and wash in the pool of Siloam. So 
we see that he commands this man to go wash, right? See, in order for this man to be healed, he had to do what? He had to obey. He had to obey Jesus. The question is this. A lot of us don't obey, you see? So when we want to be healed of something, right? Maybe a trouble, maybe a physical healing, whatever the situation is. Are you obeying? That's the, that's the message here. You got to first obey. So the message for us is that if we want to be healed from something in our life, that we, we, must, we must obey Jesus. Meaning we must trust. We must get into his word and read. We must pray, right? We must spend time with him, right? We must listen. And likewise, if we're willing to respond to the word of God, right? There's going to be a change. But if we don't, then there won't be a change. So the message for us is that because we're all born in sin, right? That we must want a change in our life. That's the message. You must want a change. Because if you don't change what he's saying here, you're going to continue to walk in darkness. See, we, we, we must need, we, we need this change. We must want this change, right? But how does this change come about, right? Well, let's, let's find out what goes on here. Going back to the scripture, he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, wash, I want to focus in on that term wash. Because wash here relates to immersion. In other words, you can say it relates to baptism, amen? So what Jesus is saying is get into the water. Now, why is that so important? Because you see, when someone is immersed, right, they, they, they're buried under the water. And, and being buried should remind us to think about death. So what, he, what he's saying here is this, right? He's talking about death to sin. And remember what we have to do, right? Remember what he did. He mixed the clay, right? He spit on it. And that shows us that the ground is cursed, right? Because we were born in, of dust from the ground. And he's talking about all of humanity right here being in a state of darkness because of sin. What he's saying to us is this. That without him, we have no hope, right? That what we must do is die. And why, why must we die? Because of resurrection. And we know that resurrection represents new life. Amen? So when he says, I am the light of the world, right? Not just the source, light. But he, what he's saying is, I am life. I give you life. See, this is why people, right, they get baptized. They get baptized to be born again because of a new life, right? Remember, when you be baptized, what you do, you're being immersed in the water. You, 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 this represents death. Death of who? Death of sin in your life. And when you come up, that represents the resurrection. Why? Because it gives new life. You, you reborn, right? That's what Jesus told Nicodemus, right? Got to be reborn. That's what we become. We become a new creation in Christ. Amen? Because he gives us new life. That's not to say that you're still going to sin because we're all sinners. We were born into sin. But when you have that relationship with him, when you're walking with him, when you become a new child in Christ, what do you do? You repent because the spirit pricks you. He, he, he tells you what's right and wrong. You know what's right and wrong. 
And right away what you do, you repent. Repent means to turn and walk away and, and, and forget about what you did and get away from what you did and, and go the other direction. Change your life. So let's, let's look at this next phrase right here, the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Now we know that Jesus was sent into this world, right? And just as he was sent, he wants us also to be sent. But this only happens when you accept him into your life. It only happens when you respond, right? When you obey to his truth, when you obey to his word, right? When you obey him. Because when you obey him, you obey the Father. See, we need to understand that just like him, right? We're ascending to this world to act into the obedience of the Father's plan. We're sent into this world, right? To make disciples of other people so they can get into the kingdom of God, so they can, they can know Yeshua, they can know Jesus. See, God has a purpose and a reason for us all being here, right? And it's not for our good. It's not for mankind, right? It's for His kingdom. It's, it, it, it's to glorify Him that we have to do His will in order to give Him all the glory for the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, amen? So the man went and he washed and he came home seeing. So we see here that the man obeys, right? He does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. Jesus performs this miracle, right? This man that was born blind, now what, he, what happens? He can see. He has victory, you can say. Verse 8, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who was sent, who used to sit and beg? So we see here that people, man, they're wondering, what's going on here, right? What happened to this man, right? They're amazed, you could say. Verse 9, some claim that it was he. Others said, no, it only looks like him. But look what it says. But he himself insisted, I am the man. So we see here that there's a lot of confusion about this man that was born blind that Jesus just healed, right? Some say, man, that's not him. There's no way it can be him. Others say, it looks like him, but I don't, I don't know if it's him. But look what the man says. He says, I am the man. So this man speaks up. He says, yeah, it's me. But look how he says it. He uses the phrase, I am. You know what this means? This means he has a connection to God, right? Verse 10. How then were your eyes open, they asked. So they're wondering. And how do you get your eyesight back, right? And look what he says in verse 11. The man they called Jesus, Yeshua. He made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. And I went and I could see. So if you look at that first text when he says, the man they called Jesus, Yeshua. This is in reference to our Savior. This is in reference to salvation. You see, this man, for the first time in his life, right, he can experience salvation. And what do I mean by salvation? He can experience victory. Because biblically, there's a concept of salvation and victory, right? You see, with his eyes open, he is now set on a path to victory. And what does that mean? It means doing God's will. See, but the rest of the world doesn't see it like this, right? Because the rest of the world, they're earthly. They're, 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 they live in the flesh, right? 
They want to do their own will. They don't want to do God's will because they live in darkness. But here, this man is led on the road to victory, meaning he believes he's going to do God's will. The question is this. Are we on the road to victory, people, right? Are we willing to do God's will, to submit to his plan, right? Because he has a purpose for you in this life. And that purpose is for the kingdom of God, to give him all the glory. Look what he says, continuing on the verse. He made some mud and put it on my eyes. And he told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So again, this represents being immersed, immersion. An immersion, which is it's always followed by what? Resurrection. Telling us he has new life, he has victory. That's what it means. So I went and I washed, he said, and I could see. That I could see means he's seeing things from God's perspective here. That's what that phrase means, I can see. Question is this, do you see things from God's perspective today? Do, 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 are you willing to submit and follow what he wants you to do? Not what you want to do. With the plan that he has for your life, are you willing to submit? Verse 12, last verse for today. Where is this man? They asked, I don't know, he said. So they want to know more about Jesus, Yeshua. And they asked him, where's this man, right, that, that healed you? And look what he responds. He responds, I don't know. Now, what we're going to see moving forward in this chapter, right, is how this blind man will be reconnected, you can say, physically with Yeshua, with Jesus. See, not simply as one who healed them, right? But this man you're going to see throughout this chapter will come to a great revelation of who the person of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, truly is. Amen? We appreciate you all tuning in this week. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John, starting in verse 13. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in today and listening. If, if, if this blessed you in some way, I encourage you to share the podcast to, to those who you think need to hear the truth of God, the Word of God. It's, it's, it's a Bible-based Bible study we do. Uh, you know, we, we don't care about your religion. We don't teach religion here. We teach the truth of God and we teach the word of God because that's what Jesus calls us to do is to be obedient to his word, to follow his word, to implement his word in our life and in other people's lives to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Amen. We love you guys until next week. God bless.